Ooh, good timing on the lights. That was legit. I actually forgot how long that video was, so I came out here a little early. I was like, oh, wow, it's still going. <laughs> so good morning. Glad to see you guys here. Uh, thanks for coming to church. Let's do some shouts. What do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. So welcome to Jericho Road Church again. I want to welcome you guys and thank you for coming here. Thanks for being here to celebrate uh, Jesus together, to be reminded of his goodness towards us and to connect with people who are like-minded, who also want to grow in the Lord. And so, so glad you're here. Uh, we're in this short series for just a few weeks here, uh, just three weeks, called Practical Evangelism. And today is going to be super straightforward. All I'm going to share with you today is five practical tips to, to evangelize. Five things that you can do uh, starting today um, that will help you uh, when it comes to telling people about Jesus. So evangelism just means to preach the gospel. Gospel is a really Christian word. So really it's to say, uh, it's telling people the good news that Jesus loves them and loves them so much that he paid for their sins so that they could go to heaven. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about sharing the gospel or evangelizing. Uh, Evangelizing really just means gospeling, to tell somebody about this good news. Now people, uh, all people on the planet, including non-believers, they're looking for Two major things, I think, in life. They're looking for meaning, and they're looking for belonging. All of us as human beings, we're looking for meaning, and we're looking for belonging, and Jesus provides both of them. We truly do have good news for people. We have something to share with them that will actually uh, make their life better, that will cause them to uh, be calmer inside, to to sort out things that, that are unstable within. We really do have good news. Now, to be considered evangelism, there has to be a telling part to it. So evangelism is telling someone about Jesus or talking about Jesus or speaking about Jesus. Something like loving others and caring for them, like that's fantastic. It's really important. Something like being kind to your coworkers and your friends, again, great. Praying for people, essential. Those things are all great and they're necessary, but they're not evangelism. We tend to do those things, and then we kind of call it evangelism as Christians so we could check off the I'm evangelizing box in my like sort of guilt list that I have. I don't know if you have one of those where, you know, I got to pray, I got to read the Bible, I got to tell people about Jesus. But, you know, so, but I don't really, like, I'm not comfortable telling or talking about Jesus. So as long as I'm a kind person to them or, or they'll know it by my actions towards them, those are really important, and I'll pray for them. Critically important But those actually aren't evangelism. They're parts of it. It's critically important to pray. You gotta be kind. You gotta share share his goodness with with grace and kindness and and that kind of stuff. But but they're not actually telling people. And so we gotta be careful that we don't think that we've evangelized just because we were nice to people at work. You haven't. And you're like, oh no, that's my main way to evangelize. And I've been checking that box every day for years. Those things are necessary but they're not the telling, they're not saying, they're not speaking the good news of Jesus, and that's mandatory for evangelism to have taken place. So with that in mind, I want to give you five tips how you can tell someone about Jesus, how you can talk about Jesus in a way that would be winsome and helpful. So here's our five tips on evangelism to make someone be able to hear about Jesus. The first one Uh, And a couple of them are more like uh, learning, uh, things that you have to have in your tool bag. Uh, The first one is uh, ABCs. 
Now, a lot of people say like the ABCs of cooking or the ABCs of dating or the ABCs of this kind of stuff. I never use the ABCs except for uh, what I'm about to share with you, the ABCs of, I actually only ever use ABCs of evangelism. Read this verse with me in 1 Peter. I'll read it aloud. You just read it in your head. In 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So we've got to always have uh, the ability to share with someone the gospel in a simple way. And, And so the first tip is going to be the basic of basics. And I don't know about you, but when things are really important or like if I get under a pressure situation, I tend to like forget things. And so I have this mnemonic device, a cheat sheet, if you will, that I've created and I've been using it for more than 25 years, the ABCs of evangelism. And uh, I, I use it all the time. So the ABCs are admit, believe, and confess. I wrote down because, you know, I wasn't even practicing and I was messing up in my head because I got nervous. Admit, believe, and confess. Say it with me. Admit, believe, and confess. So the ABCs are admit that I'm a sinner. The B, the second part is believe that Jesus died for my sins. And the third part is confess him as Lord and Savior. I got to admit I'm a sinner. If, if I want to be a Christian, if I want to tell someone about Jesus, these are the basic basics. Hey, you want to know about Jesus? You got to admit that you're a sinner. You got to believe Jesus died for those sins. You got to confess him as your Lord and Savior. That's the bottom line. If you have like three statements to say as the plane is crashing, say those to people around you. You know, if you don't remember, oh, it's the ABC, something about A, B, and C. So. Think about it. Prepare it a little bit. The ABCs. Admit, believe, and confess. Like, I use this all of the time. There's several people even in the room here who've uh, prayed uh, to accept Jesus with me because we say, okay, you want to accept Jesus? And they say, yeah. And then I say, okay, let me lead you in prayer, that kind of stuff. That, that's happened for several people even in this room. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have the ABCs in mind because I don't want to blow it. So that prayer sounds like, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner <laughs> and I believe that you died for my sins. And I confess you now as my Lord and Savior. And I always add a thank you, God, for loving me at the end. And so if you've ever prayed to accept Jesus with me, it was that formula. I am, I am going through that cheat sheet because I don't want to leave off the sea, right? Like, okay, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for me. Amen. You know, wait, but wait, wait, wait. You didn't get the Jesus part. Like, I don't want to screw it up. And I know that when there's pressure and like when you're nervous and when you share some Jesus with someone, it's pressure and it's nervous and it's all those kind of things and it's spiritually important and you're like, and I believe it. So I don't blow it. I just go through the ABCs all the time. I, I've used it all the time. Uh, in every time I've uh, prayed with someone to accept Christ, every time I share the gospel, this is exactly what's in my head. Uh, I, I've, uh, in the past, painted it on the church walls so that people would see it when they walked in the entrance. I've had it on like uh, uh, those canvases. Someone painted on canvases because kept moving buildings, so they, we, we moved the ABCs with us. And, and uh, you know, so I, I have it all the time. Uh, I think there's this coming up, art project, I don't know, maybe that might show up if I submit something for art. Just saying, if you see it, you might know where the etymology of the idea came from. And so that's the first tip. Learn those ABCs, memorize it, uh, accept, believe, and confess. And then when you have that, then like, oh, you can't mess it up. I have this device to try to remember, and it's not that complicated. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is know your story. Know your story. Check out this verse in 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. 
Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. You're like, oh, that's the same verse we just read. <laughs> yeah, same verse, but different emphasis. Give an answer to the hope that you have. This is, a, this is a, the idea of knowing your own story. <laughs> just, wow. Looks like delay. It's like a, when our voice doesn't match on the outside screen. It's sort of like that. That was a delayed one. Know that your story is unique. And then when you share your story, it's totally non-threatening. See, when I tell someone Jesus, it feels like I'm like sort of pointing this way. But if I, if I tell them about who Jesus is to me, I'm just telling my story. I'm telling them uh, I'm giving them for a reason that I have the hope. What's the reason that you have your hope? And, and this is like one of the, the best, if you can sort of think of it as like, uh, I think nowadays people don't, they're nervous about evangelism because you don't want to convert someone. You don't want to, you know, there's like this pushiness to it or something. But, but if you just realize that all you're doing is sharing what God has done for you, you can offer to them if they want it too, but, but you're just sharing your life. You're just saying, hey, this is, this is how I, I came to this thing. This is who I think Jesus is. This is, if you ask me, the reason for my hope. And so you've got to practice. And you just, This is going to take a little bit of work on your part um, if you want to get prepared to do this because you've got to actually rediscover your own story or you have to learn how to articulate it well. Because you know your own story, but if, if I put you on the spotlight right now, what's your story? You're like, oh, duh, I don't know. So I have this in three versions. I have a, like a three-sentence version uh, of who Jesus is to me. I have like a five-minute version uh, of how I came to know him and what he means to me. And then I have a, like a long version if we were in a long conversation where I could share that. And, and those are things that I've worked on, I've written on, I've thought about, and I've prepared ahead of time. So uh, if you don't know where to begin, just begin by answering this question. Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Here's my three-sentence answer. I've always believed in God, but I always thought I was never good enough. And once I found out that Jesus loved me even though I wasn't good enough, and he would care for me no matter what, I gave my life to him. That's why I'm a Christian, because I found that out. So that's my short three. If we had longer time, I'll give you a five-minute Tell about how I became a Christian or some of the cool things that happened in that. And if I have a long, long time, I'll tell you, about, oh, here's the big story of that. And we all have that. Every single one of you uh, who are a Christian, um, so if you're not a Christian, you don't need to evangelize. This sermon's like totally useless for you. So if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this. But if you're a Christian, you're a Christian for a reason. Why? And that's your testimony. That's your story. That's the gospel. See, that, that's what the Bible's asking you to do. Be able to give an account of why you believe these things. That, that's a, you don't have to prove the Bible. You don't become a great apologist. Those things are they're nice. They're helpful. They can be useful. You don't have to like memorize scriptures. You don't have to, like I don't know, have martyred or, or gotten out of a gang and quit drugs and stopped beating your wife. And you don't have to have any of those kind of big kind of things. What's the reason you became a Christian? That's your story. And that, that's something everybody wants to hear. We're always interested in people's stories. 
I am interested in your story. I would love to go around this room and, and just get your two or three sentences. I, I'd love to grab that mic right now and then say, okay, what are your three sentences? Why do you become a Christian? Whenever I hear Christian stories, like uh, I, I say I don't cry, but I cry fairly often in, uh, in like movies and this kind of stuff. I, I get emotional about that stuff. But you know what gets me the most emotional is whenever people share about how they met Jesus. I'm thinking about you sharing that, and I'm getting emotional imagining that you're sharing that with me. Like, I love it so much. If I pass that mic around, now I'm not going to pass the mic around because I don't want you to put on the spot today. But next week is also practical evangelism, so no promises for next week. But I love to hear it. And you know what? Other people love to hear it. They love to hear why you have hope. They love to hear why, what puts a smile on your face. I, I mean, even the, the Grinch wants to hear about, you know, at some point, hear about the goodness. So if Jesus was good news to you, and he was if you became a Christian, then he's going to be good news to other people. The devil tries to silence your voice. That's what abusers always do. He tries to silence your story. But don't let him. And don't help him by being unprepared to share your own story. Like the Bible said, be prepared to give an answer for why you have this hope. So ABCs, know your story. And the third tip, and this is going to be the hardest one, embrace the random encounter. Mm, 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 mm. My least favorite, that cold evangelism, random encounter one. This is tough, but it's kind of exciting, you know. It's kind of exciting to have a random encounter. It's like the sound of music, you know, where she's singing, what will this day bring? I wonder. <laughs> Be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm emotional, and I like musicals. It's like, uh-oh, full admission here. That's vulnerability right there. Be available to the Holy Spirit. Wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, what's available today? And, and a lot of times I'm like, well, I'm not available. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, help me to get available, God. And then, what do you have this day for me? Like Paul in Acts was constantly saying, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to move? And the Spirit would say, don't go to that village, or do go to that village, or go to that person, or don't go to that person. And the Holy Spirit would be constantly guiding the Apostle Paul. We read about it all throughout the book of Acts. And so maybe we can start to ask that. Maybe we can say, God, who are you going to bring me to today? What will this day bring for you, God, and me? Who is ready to hear the gospel? Who could I share this good news to? Not to push convert or manipulate or convince it's nothing like that but who can i share the the hope that i have with that's it and god will bring random encounters into your day if you're available for it here's one of my favorites i, I was writing this and, and i thought of this scripture and that's a little bit long but but i read fast so it's okay this is in acts chapter eight now the angel of the lord said to this guy philip he says, go south on the road, like this desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he does. So God says, like, okay, go walk down this random road. And Philip's like, fine. So he starts out, and he's on his way. He meets this Ethiopian guy. He's a eunuch. He's an, uh, an official in charge of the treasury of, of this uh, queen of the Ethiopians lady. Anyway, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship the Ethiopian guy. And on his way home, he was sitting on his chariot, and he's reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and then stay near it. So the guy's riding down the road, and so 
I mean, he's got to be at a pretty good jog, right? The guy's not, the chair's not standing still. So he's like jogging alongside. He doesn't say anything. God says, just go run by that chariot. So he's like running by this chariot. And so he ran up to the chariot. And then he hears the guy reading Isaiah the prophet. And then Philip uh, hears, he gets bold. He says, do you, do you even know what you're reading? And the guy said, well, no, how could I? Like, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> I don't know. He said, well, unless somebody explains it to me. And he's like, obviously, he said, like, do you know? And Philip's like, I know. And he said, well, come on up here. And from that passage, or the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this passage. What a random coincidence, right? He was like, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, who's the prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? And Philip's like, glad you asked, because with that very passage, he says, this is the good news about Jesus. You know, Non-believers are facing all sorts of random things and they, they saw this billboard and then this other thing happened and their grandma told them this thing and then all of a sudden they get to this place and if you're available, that random encounter, they're going to be like, gosh, I've been hearing all this weird stuff about Christianity. Do you know anything about that? Well, yes, I do. I know the ABCs of Christianity, right? Let me tell you about the hope that I have. Oh, see, God's been setting that guy up. It's not that random of an encounter. In fact, it's, Oftentimes, Christians will say like an appointment from God. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. The eunuch's like, look, there's water. Why don't I just get baptized? And he's like, yeah. They jumped out. They go in the water. Philip baptized him. They come out of the water. Spirit of the Lord, like Philip disappears. And he he doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, sweet. I'm a believer now. Gets back in his chariot, goes home. Super random. Right? That wasn't on his agenda, Philip's agenda this morning. But maybe he sang some sound of music. What will this day bring? I wonder. Is it run down this desert road? Mm. Yeah, I'm not really in that good a shape, God. <laughs> he says, okay, it's like hot. Should I take a thermos? Should I, do I need food? <laughs> like, just run down the road, okay. And he listens to God do this random thing. And there's this incredible encounter. I think that type of random is available for every single one of us if we're available for the random encounter. I think about, uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, Ethan and I were coming back from Thailand uh, two years ago when it was just us who went. And uh, we sat by this guy named Avi, and this guy was trapped. It's an 11-hour flight, so <laughs> got him. <laughs> He's stuck. Ain't no going nowhere. And, we just came, we were coming back from sharing Jesus all in Thailand. So guess what? Avi's about to get. Now, we didn't set it up that way, but we were open to it. And I chatted with him a little bit. And he was an open, chatty guy. And for about three hours, we just talked back and forth about this guy's life. He owns a brewery in Thailand. And he gave us some free beer. Like, I mean, I don't drink beer, but I accepted the gift graciously. And, and uh, I mean, it wasn't on the plane. That was after the plane. You can't take your own beers on the plane. But, uh, you know, for about three hours, we shared Jesus with him, talked about him, about Christianity and the difference between, you know, as he, he wasn't a Christian and stuff that he saw in Thailand, with Buddhism and this kind of stuff, and just shared, shared Jesus with him. Didn't pressure him, didn't push him. He, ne- he didn't say, yeah, I want to accept this Jesus. He didn't. But we had a three-hour conversation about Jesus. Christianity and, and like nuanced stuff. So he got the, he didn't get the three sentence or the five, the five minute, he got the full version of why I have this hope. 
who Jesus is. And, and luckily, I, I know a little bit about the Bible, so I was able to share with them. Be open to random encounters. Tip number four, set a goal. So benchmarks, grades, tangible goals, they're really helpful to motivate us when we want to do something. Like to set a goal like, okay, I, I, want, to, I want to lose weight, I want to do this, here's my goal. I'm going to set my goal and I'm going to go after it. When we're motivated to do something, it's really helpful. But goals are also really helpful when we're not that motivated. When we're like, eh, I kind of want to do that, but I kind of don't. So you set a goal. Actually, goals are really helpful when you don't want to do something, right? I want to get a good grade in a class. I hate homework. I hate tests. I hate my teacher. I need to get a good grade, so I'm going to work hard at it, right? So goals are really important to set if we're trying to do something, to be intentional about something. And so let's just set some goals. Here's our, our tip number four. Let's set some goals. Uh, I was a teacher for about 20 years, so here's a rubric. A rubric is like, okay, how do you know if you're going to get an A, B, or a C, right? So here's our evangelism rubric. It's going to be super simple. If you want an A grade in evangelism, you've got to evangelize to one person a week. Okay? If you, if you want an A, one person a week will get you an A in this class, evangelism class. You're like, ooh, ow, ooh. All right, well, we're not all A students. That's fine, right? If you're interested in getting a B, you evangelize to one person in a month. I was never really that good of a student. <laughs> if you want to get a C, you evangelize to someone one time in a year. And we all know that you're Asian, so you're not allowed anything lower than that. So, and if you're not Asian, I know your moms, and your mama would never let you get under a C, so there aren't any other options. That, that's the ground floor. Christians, the ground floor goal is one in a year. Come on now. I'll ask the questions. Don't answer silently. How many people did you share the gospel with this week? <laughs> Silly me. Okay, sorry. How many people did you share the gospel with this month? This year? Like, I can read mine, so that's, that's sort of a low number that's coming back. Like I can't read mine, I'm just saying. I'm guessing it's not seven this week or nine this week. I'll count all of you, so this counts for me like, you know, 70 or 60 people, right? So I'm totally getting an A. <laughs> but we'll be honest, like outside of Pastor Trevor, like um, we're not really good at evangelizing. I mean, I'm not. It's one of the harder, uh, even as a pastor, I love Jesus so much. This is one of the harder parts for me. If I'm not intentional about this, then I am going to not do it. If I don't set a goal and a rubric and, okay, I really want to do this, I've got to, I've got to put myself out there. If, I, if I'm not doing that, if I'm not intentional, I'm not going to be evangelizing. And that's just my own reality. And I think a lot of you guys are similar to me. And it's not that I, I know you love Jesus. And you know I love Jesus. And it's not that you're a bad person or you know, you're not a Christian. or None of that. I know you're amazing. And, and you give so much. And can I just write a check for it? Would that be way easier? It's like the PTA when they ask you to sell those stupid stuff for your kids. Like, can I just write you a check? I do not want to sell anyone wrapping paper or cookie dough. Just let me write a check. But there's no check to write for this one. God asks every one of us to evangelize weekly, daily, monthly. Depends on what grade you want, you know. If you you want to be a C person, be a C person, whatever, you know. No judgment. 
<laughs> That's our Asian community laughs. Yes, judgment. Nobody gets C's. <laughs> You're going to a UC with C's. Come on now. Look, I, I, like I'm no good with like I don't. Many of you know this. I'm not good with new foods. I'm not like an adventurous eater. I'm like a really boring palate. I like bread, rice, oil, and butter, you know, like, and meat. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's what I'm like, well, that's my zone right there. Uh, sugar, processed sugar. Woo. Yeah. So I'm not really a, uh, I'm really a boring eater. And, but about a year and a half ago, my wife and I decided to start to, uh, my daughter and my wife, they both love food. They like different foods. They, they get bored of food, and they want to try different things. And so about a year and a half ago, uh, many of you guys know we started this thing called Kayla Tuesday, where we go with our daughter Kayla. We couldn't do it with the boys; it was too expensive with our bigger family. But once it's just her, <laughs> like, we could go to like a nicer kind of restaurant, right? Before it was like, oh, it's McDonald's Tuesday every every Tuesday. But Kayla was like, okay, where do you want to go? And and so and on our Kayla Tuesdays, we have two rules. The first rule is we can no one can have been to that restaurant before, and we can't repeat the same restaurant. And so it forces us, someone who's a, not a foodie person, me, it forces me to try something new, to go out of my comfort zone. I have to be intentional to create a like, whole day to do this, otherwise I absolutely won't do it. It takes intentionality to get me out of my food comfort zone. And I think that for most of us, it will take intentionality to get us out of our not evangelizing comfort zone. We're pretty comfortable right here in this spot. Like I said first, like being kind to people and showing love at work and praying for them. I'm not diminishing that in any sense. You have to have those. But to evangelize, you also have to have some telling. There has to be some hearing of the Jesus if you're evangelizing, which brings us to our last point, tip number five. And this is going to be, for some of us, a sigh of relief because here's our out. Tip number five, invite someone to church. Look, I know this really great place to bring folks who, who you'd like them to hear about Jesus. It's the place that you're sitting at right now. Like if they come to church, they're going to hear about Jesus. Now, every single week, there's, there's something about Jesus. There's songs about Jesus. There's an offering uh, time where we mention Jesus. There's some communion time about Jesus, the sermon. Jesus shows up almost everywhere, even in, in our Old Testament verses and that sort of stuff. And so right here is a fantastic place to bring someone so that they can hear the gospel. I understand that some of us are shyer than others. I understand that maybe the random encounter isn't your jam. But I still want to get an A, so maybe I just invite someone to come to church and they can hear the gospel. That, that's part of evangelism. That's, that's no diminishment on your part. I know not everybody's a great speaker. I know everyone's not really comfortable saying no. That's fine and fantastic. It's okay. Know that about yourself. And so invite them to church. Look at this passage in Acts about the earliest church. It says, every day the, the disciples or the followers of Jesus, they continued to meet together in the temple court. And then they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God. They were enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the church at its earliest stage. Now, at this point, the believers were still going to Jewish synagogue on Saturday but then they were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, which was the next day, Sunday. And uh, then additionally, they were meeting uh, in small groups, like smaller group of people at someone's home. They were eating, they were hanging out, and they were sharing their love for God. Now, eventually, they uh, sort of get kicked out of the synagogue. The Jews are like, hey, 
they thought they were a sect. Of the, so maybe they're part of us, but then they realized, yeah, this Jesus isn't kind. So they kicked the Christians out, and they no longer attended. And, and church began to be just Sunday attendance, the primary worship day for Christians, as well as meeting in homes and over dinner and that kind of stuff. And so church becomes the primary vehicle for God's kingdom growth. God foresaw this when he told Peter, hey, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. And so it's the best place to bring someone to hear about Jesus. Because you don't always have an opportunity to share with them personally. Now, if you can find that opportunity, I think you have to find it. You share about the hope that you have. But a, but a fantastic place to bring them is to, to church so that they can hear about Jesus. Inviting someone to church. Now, here's a secret. This series is not accidental. Sometimes the pastor gets smart sometimes. This ends on Thanksgiving. Practical evangelism this week, practical evangelism next week, practical evangelism, which is just Thanksgiving family service on our third week. But it's done this way for a reason, because uh, I'd like you to invite someone to Thanksgiving Sunday. It's family, it's food, there's going to be Jesus. I got, we got these olden days flyers right there. There's only one typo in there, don't worry. <laughs> They'll still be able to find it with the typo, like a good rave, you know. I got all these, I got probably, you know, 300 flyers left. I like to get rid of them because I like to order more flyers because this one's kind of, you know, it's cool. Let's get a new one. Uh, I always like to get the deal when I go to Vistaprint or whatever. I get 1000 for $25, and I'm about to check out, and they're like, for $10 more, you could get 1500 more. Why, yes. <laughs> and then I'm about to check out, and they say, well, for $65, you could get 5000 flyers. <laughs> That's like a deal and a deal. And so I'm the, I love a good upsell, and so I'm willing to buy another 10000 flyers. Absolutely. If we could just, you know, they're out on the lobby tables right there. Grab a few, you know, tuck them on someone's windshield. I don't care. Give them, give them a, put them at the donut store or wherever you go. Slip them on the counter of the restaurant you eat today, and you know, don't ask. It's fine. You know, they'll throw them away if they. But maybe someone will grab it. Or I don't know. And give them away to a couple of friends. Invite someone on Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a great Sunday to bring them here. Invite someone to church. Look at. Is there something at our that our church that we could change that would help your friend feel more comfortable? Or is there uh, something that we could add that would make them feel comfortable? Let's do it. Just change whatever. Let's bring them. Just see me or see anyone else. And if there's some changes we got to make, let's make some changes. Invite someone to church. Most of us went to church because someone invited us. My someone is Angie Chun from Japanese class freshman year at UCI. She's the person who invited me to church. A church where two months later I committed my life to Christ in 1991 and then I've followed him and pastored ever since then. But if Angie Chun doesn't invite me to church, I don't go. I was not interested. I was not looking for a church. I was committed to not attend church. And yet someone invited me. And I went. And it changed the entire trajectory of my afterlife and my actual life. Invite someone to church. It's an easy way to evangelize. So that's my five tips for evangelizing. So we're going to take a moment to pray here.
I don't know which one made sense for you. Random encounter, God, I want to be, I'm going to be open to that. Maybe I need to learn those ABCs. Maybe I need to think about my story and why do I have this hope or why did I become a believer and, and why is that a hopeful thing for me? Maybe I've got to set some goals. I've been on the sideline too long. Maybe for you it's, I'm going to invite someone to church. I know someone. Man, their name just popped up in my head again. Stop talking, Pastor Sam. Oh, there's their name again. <laughs> invite them to church. So take a moment to pray and ask God to give you the strength and the opportunity to share Jesus with someone this week.